Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So, spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about the details of what happened in the movie. So, if you haven't seen it, you can go and check it out on HBO Max, and then come back and watch us talk about it. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. So, er, The Conjuring is kind of weird. Like, this is the third out of the Conjuring movies, but I think it's like the seventh out of the universe because they've had like, they had three Annabelle movies, um, one movie called The Nun, and then three Conjuring movies, and then one movie called La Llorona. So they've had eight movies in this kind of horror movie franchise so far. And as you can as you can imagine, they've had a lot of ups and downs with their movies. It's not, it's, it's not like they've had a like they figured out their formula like maybe like Marvel did for um for their movies, you know? Like they the these movies are a lot more varying in quality. But as far as this movie goes, you don't have that much experience watching these horror movie franchises cuz you're not into horror movies. Like how did this one feel for you? Um yeah, so I haven't seen literally any of the movies in this universe, um, and so I, I had to have that kind of explained to me going, going into it, and just, like, knowing that, um, that there were other stories, but I think it's fine, like, as it stands alone, like, I, I didn't feel like I needed any other background besides the text that they give you at the beginning and the end anyway, um, so it did, like, kind of make sense to me. I was, like, because it, it does say at the beginning that it's based on a true story. So the yeah. whole time I was trying to think of it in that aspect, anytime I watch a movie, I just kind of, like, think about, like, what could be real, what could be, like, stretched, like, the truth is stretched sometimes to make it the movie more exciting. And a lot of the time I was like, well, I bet in real life that, like, you know, their eyes probably don't, turn white and all that stuff um and then I was yeah. like when Arnie kills the guy I was like I bet he just killed the guy and <laughs> <laughs> he's probably just crazy or something um and like I, I'm actually kind of interested I think that's why I feel like this movie was more interesting than your usual typical scary movie because I don't watch scary movies um very I don't watch them very often at all but this one was intriguing I guess you could say because it's based on a true story and so I actually kind of want to read up on it a little bit more um because I find just the fact that something like this to someone's belief this is true and so right. that makes it interesting yeah and all the conjuring movies are kind of like that they're they're all they're based so ed and lorraine warren were real people and they really were i want to say demonologist or they they definitely went around and they were um they had these different cases i think they even studied like a little bit of the amity horror case i think they were a little bit involved with that um there's another there's another thing that happened in England that was a big deal that there was that was well documented in history and they were a part of that too. Um and everything has this kind of uh question of 
oh, the things that they were involved with, were they hoaxes? Like, how credible were these two people? Um, but uh, Ed, Lor Ed Warren died, I want to say, maybe like 15, 10, 15 years ago. But Lorraine Warren, um, she was alive until just recently. I think she died within like the last three or four years. So she was actually, they actually had um, interviews with her specifically when they made some of these other Conjuring movies. And I think she was even on set sometimes to kind of um, guide them or just talk to them about how it happened or what her experience was. And one thing that's really interesting as well is the fact that a lot of these people that are involved with these cases are still alive. And so you have these moments when I think in the original Conjuring advertisement, they had the family, the girls that were involved in that in that movie. Um, they're grown adults and grown women, and they had a picture with all of them. And then they had their the actors that were playing them, and they were talking to them about, oh, like, yeah, this is you know basically just how it happened, and you know that type of stuff. And you can't help but wonder, like, okay. Is this really how it went down? Because some of this stuff is pretty fantastical, but, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, like, they do that in, in all movies, basically, that are based on true stories. There's always stuff in there that, um, like, maybe doesn't necessarily need to be changed, but it's changed. Like, even for stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously, that's based on a true story. It's based on the band Queen, um, yeah. And the life of Freddie Mercury, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's not true. And the thing that's the the it's like the little things, the little fine details that won't even necessarily affect the story, are not true. And they do this stuff for you know because I guess you have the way you have to put it is it's not a documentary, it's a movie. Yeah. There, there's it's still, in a sense, an art piece, and so whenever you paint something, so to say, you're going to change stuff to make it look the way that you want to look so that you can say what yeah. you want to say through your art. And that's exactly what they did. So, but I'm just interested in like, what is, what is true and what is not true. And I think I, I mean, you can kind of get an idea of what is probably not true, but then there's also like that fine line of what they believe, like the people who, the real life people, what they believe to be true, and what the filmmakers are taking from that and like showing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> That's actually a good uh, moment to bring up the ending because when I was watching the movie, one of the things that kept coming in my mind is that did this really happen where they legitimately went to, like, they went to a lawyer? And they went to a judge and said, not guilty by reason of demonic possession. Like, I, I, that, the idea that that was real, like, confounded me. But then at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, well, there's no way that he got proven innocent with that, with that as his defense. Because then we'd, see, we'd hear about that defense a lot more often if that worked, right? So when we get to the end of the movie, I'm thinking to myself, okay, for the sake of solving the problem yay that's done but this guy still has to go to jail right because there's no way that this this defense works and the movie doesn't even waste time trying to do a whole kind of trial to to show how they can prove the existence of demonic possession or how he was possessed at the time that he killed somebody it just skips right to the end and then 
the credits show you, yeah, he was convicted. And it's almost like the movie knows that hearing someone say guilty would have been too much of a downer. So the movie tries to like kind of water it down by having the text say, oh, um, he was convicted, but he got married and he only, and he served five years and they're still married to this day, now credits. And it's kind of just like, okay, well, I, I believe that happened. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I mean, the thing about that, though, and, uh, like, another reason why I thought this movie was interesting was the law aspect of it and the fact that there were scenes that took place in court and stuff like that. It wasn't so focused on that part of it, but I did find it interesting because in real life, even if, you know, I mean... I mean, basically, in real life, if someone gets murdered, there's going to be a case. There's going to be a trial and stuff like that. What I found interesting, right. though, is um, that, you know, they actually pleaded in the movie uh, demonic possession. And I actually, like, at the end of the movie, um, like, you know, when things are closing up, I was like, I bet he's going to get convicted not for murder, but for manslaughter. And I was actually surprised it was only five years, but I was like, oh, I called it. It was going to be manslaughter. <laughs> but I can see right. it because, like, if there are multiple places or m multiple cases in different um, areas where there's the same thing, like, I think it was a, some kind of totem that was used, and it was the same totem that was used multiple times in different places then it does kind of sort of make the connection that there's someone else behind it or like there's there's just something else going on. I definitely feel like I wish I read up on it a little bit more before we did the show so that I would have more information. Yeah, it's almost funny because it's almost would be feel feels like it'd be more interesting to talk about the actual case of what happened than the movie itself. Yeah, because exactly. You know, even with the um, the cursed, yeah, those cursed totems that you were bringing up, the fact that they appeared in multiple places that where people were murdered, even if it's not a thing of, okay, well, this is clearly demonic possession, it would at least call into question, did this person have some kind of influence over these two people? Uh, were they put to the point where maybe they even made these suggestions to where this person believed they were cursed and then they acted in this way because of that belief that was put into their mind by this other human being. Like, and then that's more of an argument that you could make to try to say how somebody may not be as culpable as you might think. Yeah, there's also like, a, like an element of reasonable doubt. Like, there could be someone else involved that is kind of putting things in motion and that's why I was like, manslaughter, because... Like, I, I think that it's very easy to believe that he didn't do it voluntarily. Like, maybe it was an accident or something like that. But whatever it is, um, I, I do feel like they probably, because of the supporting evidence where the totem appeared in other places, that gave them uh, a good enough backing for... Um, him to not get the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, so little things like that kind of make sense for the sake of the story. But one of the things about this movie is that it's a horror movie, right? And 
So I watch horror movies all the time. You don't watch horror movies barely ever if you can avoid it. So then for what I found interesting for this movie is like from my perspective going into it, I'm thinking it is going to, I'm feeling like it's going to be a kind of heavy based horror movie. But one of the things these all these horror movies have in common is that they're kind of mystery movies as well because the movies are always about finding out why the person is being haunted, why this curse is happening. You have these clues and you have to do research. So every horror movie normally ends up being a mystery film as well. But one of the things about this movie was that got me was that it felt like it leaned more into kind of the the mystery aspect or almost kind of mystery slasher aspect of the of the film more so than the uh, the horror of it even when the like when they capture the guy the demon is gone there's a lot of this movie where it's spent in precincts or stuff like that and it's is you know spoilers we already said but it's not actually a real haunting it's witchcraft yeah, it just, it felt like it, it was an investigation movie as opposed to a scary movie. I mean, there yeah. were definitely a lot of scares. Um, and they're, like, you know how you can tell when there's going to be, like, a like a pop scare or something? Um, right. Every time something like that started happening, I would, like, turn her, I would, like, stop watching the screen and then I'd, I, I was with my boyfriend, and I was like, describe to me what's happening. What's happening? <laughs> I, can't, oh, wow. I can't look at it. Just describe it to me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, poor guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not have that feeling. Um, I, these movies, you, get, you, you start to get how they manipulate you. And you can tell a lot of times when jump scares are going to happen. Um, it's the the music that they use, the build up, then the music cuts out, and you know it's only a matter of time before you see a thing. And so this movie kind of did that. It was kind of cookie cutter in that way. Um, I I think that the story of the movie is fine, but I didn't feel like for me as somebody who was doing everything in his power to make this movie creep him out, watching it late at night by himself with the lights off, it. It didn't, and I was even watching it with headphones on so that I could really hear the music um, and had it turned up. And it didn't really feel like the, it didn't really feel scary to me. There were some cool things that when I saw, I was like, okay, that was a cool effect, which I want to talk about shortly. But overall, I kind of felt that horror-wise, it was kind of bland. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it still got me. Because I am not conditioned to watch scary movies, um, but I I I would say like I have watched other things that were much much scarier like um, that Netflix TV show um, Hill House I yeah think. Haunting on Hill House Hill House that one's way scary that that one still scares me I still have that imagery in my head and it makes me kind of scared to go down my dark hallway. But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. this one is, I feel like wasn't as bad because it it didn't feel like, um, it 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 felt predictable. You know, like like you said, like you know when the jump scare is going to be. I knew when to turn around and stop watching. That's probably why I got through the movie. <laughs> right, but the I will give the and this is one thing I'm going to talk about with both of these movies that we're going to be talking about today. But they 
both these movies do some very good what appear what appears to be in-camera effects. And there's a lot of cool kind of transitions and there's one of the ones that pops up in my head is, you know, there's this scene at near the end of the movie where Ed is in like this kind of dark hallway underground and he sees Lorraine running towards running towards him. It's a very brief second, but she's running towards him and then she steps into shadow for like a second and then when she steps out of the shadow, it's it's the the woman that they're chasing. And there's a lot of cool things like that. I think there's even one when she's investigating the murder scene and how they kind of transition uh, when when Lorraine is looking for the girls uh, or the other girl's body and she goes to the site of where they died and they're in the woods and it's day and then how this camera kind of transitions into like night and it's into this um, and it gets into her kind of otherworldly scene where she can see the things that was happening and then the cuts between her doing it as the person or um, and then coming back and being herself and not having the knife and then having the knife. There's some really cool edits and transitions that I thought the movie really utilized pretty well. Um, yeah, I didn't watch that part. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was too scary, so I turned around. <laughs> yeah. But like what, um, like what Stryker's saying, like none of the Conjuring movies are, have been particularly that scary, and maybe it's because they're trying to do the whole thing where they're based on true stories. I think the second one is the strongest that I've seen. And the more scary ones in the universe are kind of the ones that aren't so based on like their case files or don't try to, don't try too hard to try to make themselves feel like it's absolutely real, like this absolutely happened. So like The Conjuring is a little, it's probably just a, it's as a whole, a little bit more watered down for a horror movie franchise and maybe that's because they want people who don't feel like they can watch horror movies to be able to still feel like they can watch these yeah i mean if i like was asked to i'd probably watch another movie in the universe um going off of this one that i just saw i i thought it was interesting um and i think that's probably why i didn't suggest that we should put it on the other show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can see that it has it has interesting things that are happening, and the the mystery element of it, and investigation element of it, is kind of cool. And what's kind of and what's happening, while it's not scary, it doesn't. It's not a. I wouldn't say it's a bad story. Essentially, you have this woman that can mess with what you see, so she basically casts genjutsu on you where you think that you're doing one thing, like, oh my gosh, I'm slashing up a demon. And then you come to and you're like, oh my gosh, I just slashed up my family. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of messed up too. It's kind of like, yo, <laughs> you were evil. Yeah, I did kind of like that because it was sort of like an explanation for what we were seeing. So in a sense, it's like telling us like the scary stuff that you're seeing isn't real because it's just all in your head. Right. And it's not actually, like, existing in real life. Which, so. now that you say that out loud, is probably why I didn't find the movie that scary. <laughs> That's probably another element to it, because one, it's, it's just a person, uh, which people can be scary, but in the context of these movies where you're expecting some type of supernatural entity to be the problem, you realize it's a person with superpowers, essentially. And she kind of can... Rules for her powers are a little weird, but 
you know, at the end of the day, the things that she's doing are basically illusions. So, you know, that well, the things that aren't happening aren't real. Um, I feel like the the one scene that what might have been the most effective for me for making me creeped out was when they were in the corner, they were in the coroner's in office the or the morgue, and then that dead body got up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this feels a little creepy. But that's probably <laughs> like the... And then, oh, some of the turning and contorting stuff. I was like, eee, that looks uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that the the fact that it was explained definitely made me feel better about watching the movie. So, um, yeah. I mean, there were a few things, though, that I that I thought was weird um, in terms of uh, just making it a good, cohesive movie. Um, for example, at the beginning, um, Father gets hit in the head with a plate or something, and, and then Ed's like, do you have a first aid kit? And I was like, um... Oh. How about just are you okay? We're doing. We can you can keep doing the thing because we need to do the thing. This is not the time like, for a first aid kit. <laughs> I know. How about we get the first aid kit after all this crazy stuff is over, and then we can heal everybody at I don't know the hospital. <laughs> right. And also, one thing about these movies does does holy water work or not? Does reading scripture work or not? Because I feel like the you always see these exorcisms where the priests are doing these things, and it's always to varying effectiveness. Sometimes it's very effective. Sometimes it's not effective at all. And maybe that's what the movie was trying to say, is just that, oh, they couldn't exorcise the demon because the demon was called there because of, like, basically a hex bag. But I'm just like, yo, this, this is kind of crazy. You guys are literally doing nothing, and it seems like this is what you know is supposed to work. So as demon hunters, this feel it feels like you're not doing your proper research. Yeah, uh, and it was just weird how like there's so many people and they couldn't take the one kid down. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's demonic possession. No, that's like them holding it down a demon. Um, it's yeah, just but weird they that, like, like all got taken out pretty much. Oh, like, they, yeah, they basically should have died. They <laughs> basically all should die. I always I thought it was just funny how no one saw this one guy tell the demon to that he could have him instead instead of except for Ed. And then of course Ed has the heart problems and then no can't tell anybody until later after the thing has been done. But I did think it was funny that when Lorraine calls the cops, she basically is like, There's gonna be a tragedy. No, <laughs> hey, can you get there and try to stop something? No, she already knows. It's like, yeah, no, someone's about to die, so Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, the other thing I thought was weird was, like, where did the parents go? They were, like, only at the beginning. And then after that, like, all communications and, and the, like, you know, the sister um, even brought her little brother to the prison. Like, where did the parents go? <laughs> Those They're are just, extra actors. They we just weren't in the movie anymore. I mean, at least kill them off if you're not going to have them. <laughs> the horror movie you, you're, you're allowed right. to kill they, people <laughs> they do they really do just disappear out of the story i didn't even think about that um because they should have been there as well uh because they care about this kid too 
So, mm-hmm. and he also is this is happening to him because of him trying to save their kid. Yeah, I'd be like, why aren't they at the hospital too? Or not the hospital, the the prison. And mm-hmm. just like they just vanished. There were right. no, no oh, parents. Oh, yeah. All right. And speaking of speaking of things that is like why this isn't effective, but it feels like you guys think this it should be. The whole thing with the holy water where he poured the holy water around him in a circle. And I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be able to protect him. The priest comes to him and says, you know, God helps those who helps himself. At first, I thought he was going to, like, kill himself, like, to try to kill the demon with the holy water. But then he sprays around him. I'm like, okay, so this, you should be safe. So I I think maybe if the movie, I think the movie was trying to say that it wasn't a regular demon. And because it wasn't a regular, it, it is a demon, but because the demon is being commanded through through witchcraft, the same rules don't apply. But the movie didn't really make that clear. And as somebody who really loves things like Supernatural, where there are established rules for how to counter and beat any type of Supernatural entity, I would have appreciated some type of knowledge of why the things that these people thought should work weren't working. Uh, honestly, I think they just had that there because they needed to have him give him a thing that he could use so that he could cut himself, and that that's basically the only reason that happened. Um, you're right. <laughs> a tool. Yeah, you're right. I forgot he used that. Um, the other thing I thought was weird was when Ed goes to visit the the other a priest who is like retired and uh the father of the villain i guess and mm-hmm. he he's like follow me and then they like go downstairs it's just him and ed uh or no it's not ed it's um it's him and lorraine, lorraine. and then he tells lorraine follow me i'm gonna show you something and then there's like a weird insert and then it he disappears back. what and then he disappears yeah and then he disappears and then Lorraine is like, where are you? <laughs> Where'd you go, father? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? How did they yeah. get separated when he was literally like, follow me? And then then they get separated in like literally the next shot after the weird insert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he's still there. There's just them trying to creep you out. Um yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of weird things. I think that's why, at the end of the day, for me, this movie is... It's it's fine. It has... It, it, it has some interesting things that happen. Um, but I don't think it's very... I don't think it's very scary. I don't think that it really... If it's something that you're, you're like, thinking to yourself, okay, I, I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing a really, like, solid horror movie. I want to scare myself... I don't think that this movie is that movie, but I do think there are elements of the movie that are entertaining. So I think that you can still go in the, to the movie and walk out and feel like, okay, well, was it what I was expecting? No, but were there some things in there I enjoyed? Yeah. So that's how I kind of feel about the movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think it was a terrible movie. It was interesting, like I said. Um, so it's not something that... I would tell other people you should watch it because it's scary. I would tell other people to watch it because it has an interesting element to it. Um, but I personally, since I don't like watching scary movies, would not watch this movie unless 
I only watched it basically because you to- you wanted me to watch it and yeah, Thanks. which is why I watched In the Heights, <laughs> by the way. So we we we're even on that. Um, last thing I'll say about it was I think that this movie, the scariest part of this movie, is the credits. When you get to the end and the music is playing and then just like going through all like the photos and stuff, it's a very creepy ending sequence. So the movie at least has a creepy feeling at the end. But I, yeah, that's not present throughout the rest of it that's true yeah the credits were really really scary because it, it i don't know if, it, if those were real if they were like actually from the the recordings of this actual case um right if it was then like oh my god that's really scary and creepy um but if it if it was made up then bravo yeah. <laughs> because Very I believe it was real. <laughs> it seemed yeah, really right? real to and, me. <laughs> and that's and that's part of the battle. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we uh close out? Nope. I would very much like to stop talking about this movie and move on <laughs> with my life. <laughs> All right. So that's gonna be it for our talk on the conjuring. What do you guys think about it? Have you guys seen uh The Double Made Me Do It? Have you seen the other conjuring movies or the movies within the conjuring universe? And do you think that those movies are scarier? Do you think they're all kind of similar to the way this movie is handled? Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I've been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we will see you all next time.